Some guy, this was in 19, in like, right right turn of the century, and he had some kind of flying apparatus he was testing, and he tested it off the top of the Eiffel Tower, and guess what? He died. He just plummeted straight to the ground. Now see, that was an anecdotal story that I had to research. I don't remember his name, but he was one of probably thousands of people who died trying to do what the Wright brothers did succeed at. His name was Pierre Lesplat. Yes, he really lived up to his name, or down to his name. He really died down to his name. He really made an impact on society. (laughs) The sidewalk was named society. (laughs) You know who else has made an impact on society? Today's subject of our latest episode of the Song Topsy Report. Which is this one. (laughs) Which is this one. Where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. And as Steve has set me up, I will continue the intro by saying I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm your host for the evening. When compared to our current subject, the scum of the earth, Steve Trollinger. Now, Steve, I'm very curious. Uh, Well, first off, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us, and please consider leaving us a review if you've not done so already. But, Steve, why would you say that we are, uh, in relation to the subject material, scum of the earth? Today, we will be covering a song that was covered by one Claymore Aiken. That's not his real first name. I'm just Claymore. It should be Claymore Aiken. Oh, it-, oh, it should be because when he hits you, you're Aiken. Because he's a sword. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. And to our new listeners, if you like that kind of humor, there's plenty more where that came from. But yes, yeah, so Clay Aiken, um, American Idol alumni from season two. Season I two, runner-up. Runner up. Yeah, yes. Ruben Stuttered won that year, I think. He got more famous than Ruben. Yeah, hold on. Did Kelly won the first season, right? Not Justin. Okay, I didn't know if there was some sort of precedent. It went from from Justin to Kelly. Right, sure. Uh, I didn't know if there was some sort of precedent whereby the runner-up eclipses the winner for some reason. I don't know. There's almost. I have no absolutely almost no research on any American Idol shit for this episode because I honestly do not care. You were all there. I don't need to recap that. You were all, you know, we might have some listeners who are young enough where they weren't a, alive when Clay Aiken was the runner up. Lucky them, because I wish I didn't have parts of my brain's hard drive taken up with that information. You're such a Simon. <sighs> I think I'd be a Paula. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> today's topic <laughs> will be back on track. I'm sleepy. Um, today's topic will be. Uh, not just Clay Aiken, because let me, in my research, folks, I have to tell you, I knew some things about Clay Aiken. I never had a personal animus towards Clay Aiken, and it turns out that was the right decision to make, because upon further research, I am next to nothing compared to the three of us at this table, collectively, are next to nothing when compared to the good works of Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken's life is essentially a case study in making the three of us feel bad about our accomplishments. Well, first I off, would never feel bad about the things I've accomplished, Steve. First off, speak for yourself. Second off, yes, Clay Aiken <laughs> has been, since post-American Idol, just a humanitarian, a philanthropist. Uh, yeah. and I'll, I'll get Steve to will get things. into it. But the, you don't have to compare him to us, Steve. <clears throat> we can be good people without being as good as Clay Aiken. We'll see if you guys still feel that way by the end of the episode. Um, but we're not here to just talk about it. So we're, there'll be no, I said this up front, after doing this research, there'll be no bad-mouthing of Clay Aiken on this show. Clay Aiken does not deserve our vitriol. The song he covered for his debut album, Measure of a Man, and it is a cover, ladies and gentlemen. It's not an original yeah, nobody heard the original. I know, I'll get to it. Is a song you may have heard of called Invisible. Dreaming. What you doing tonight? I wish I could be a fly on your wall. All right, so that's a little taste. Um, Now, before we get into why this song is worthy of what we do around here, 
a few small tidbits about Clay Aiken. Uh, born in Raleigh, North Carolina, as Clayton Holmes Grissom. Uh, however, he legally changed it to his mother's maiden name, Aiken, to distance himself from his abusive birth father. This is going to hit all the points, by the way. This is this story has everything. Well, we are off on the right track then. Oh, uh, so many great topics. <laughs> I can't wait to dig into, Steve. Uh, performed for much of his young life, singing lead in a local band, singing the national anthem at many North Carolina sporting events, and even recorded three demo albums that were a birthday gift to him from his mom. Oh. Uh, while still a teenager, he became a director of this local YMCA's children's camps and at 19 worked as a substitute teacher for autistic students, work which eventually led him to get a bachelor's degree in special education. Do we want to make any jokes about that? Mike? This is a... Th- this is... Clay Aiken sounds like a writing challenge for a fiction writer. How do you manufacture someone who's done so many good deeds that they just don't seem like a realistic person? Fuck Clay Aiken for being so nice. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> Devil's advocate Mike Russell has returned. Or just devil or Mike just Russell. Or just the devil Mike Russell. Uh, come on, I'm a dapper devil, you're on. <laughs> um, during college... Always be plugging. Oh, 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 always, always, always. ABP. Always. Uh, during the, during college, the mother of an autistic boy he was mentoring, Mike, suggested to him that he should audition for season two of American Idol. That's where he got the idea from. Um, he has been a UNICEF ambassador, a member of the Presidential Committee for People with Intellectual Disabilities, created his own nonprofit that promotes the inclusion of disabled children in activities with non-disabled, and ran as the Democratic nominee for North Carolina's 2nd Congressional District in 2012. Four, was it 12 I or think, 14? I think 2014. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he got the Democratic nomination, but he lost the general election. Because it's in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, despite coming out of the closet in 2008, Clay remains a dedicated Baptist, though he naturally disagrees with the church itself on various issues. He also makes it a point to walk a balance between celebrating his faith while not forcing it on others, which you think would not be a difficult act, but it seems to be for a whole shit ton of people in this country. Come at me, everyone. Come at me. I think you're Steve, good. I love that you have based all your research around the protections of the artists we've chosen. But mark my words, there's something. There's something about Clay Aiken that we will discover. Maybe. <laughs> I'm doing this for the express purpose of separating Clay Aiken from the song. Oh, because the song's really bad. That's yeah. my goal. The song's bad, yeah. folks. We're That's not- my goal. You guys can have your own goals. This is my goal. You know, he's a great singer. He's got good hair. Look at that spike. That was a, that was a, if you saw him in the original, like the first few episodes of American Idol when he was first auditioning, he had a much more like typical nerd, like outlook. He's wearing sweaters and glasses and, and stuff like that. And throughout, uh, this is yeah. starting to make a whole lot more sense now, by, Steve. By the end of the show, they had stopped. Mike is looking for <laughs> anything he can latch onto with this seemingly fantastic human being to just tear down. Oh, what? He, he was a nerd though? <laughs> Nerds. Fuck forming a nonprofit for autistic children. He wore stupid glasses. Boom, got him. Uh, oh, and in the middle of all that too, he appeared on Broadway in Spamalot. Yes, he was three in Spamalot. He was, he was Sir Robin yeah. in Spamalot. Um, God, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as proof that God has a sense of humor, Clay appeared on the fifth season of Celebrity Apprentice, and was often in the same room with our current president Donald Trump, without the fabric of the universe coming undone. Did they have a few good laughs together? Was he good friends with Donald Trump? He was not, based on based on his seemingly natural affinity with people in general, he did not get, he did not immediately have disdain for the man because he tends to see, want to see the best in all people. Um, I'm just, after reading about both of them, I'm just kind of convinced that if they touch, though, it'd be like matter and antimatter. That f- Coming that's- in contact, total annihilation. You so- you thought you saw a photo of the first black hole recently? That was Clay Aiken and Donald Trump touching each other, actually. It was yeah. caught on camera. <laughs> yeah. Nick, I hope I can hear that joke for the next four weeks. I really- <laughs> he, uh, I'll bet you can. <laughs> he did make a point of saying in an interview once, though, that uh, that most of his family voted for, for Donald Trump, though he himself did not. Um, and originally defended him on accusations of racism during the 26th campaign, and then after the Unite the Right rally, apologized for doing that in the first place. 
So, I think he said so. I think he tweeted. He tweeted something like, "I am such a fucking dumbass." I think is what he said. You know what? That's the best way to apologize without saying I'm sorry. But you're literally <laughs> all he was apologizing for was trying to see the best in just the worst humanity can drivel together. You know what? Oh, that reminds me of a tale. Who uh, who was it? Who was it that... <laughs> Smoke him if you got him. <laughs> who was uh, trying to see the best in somebody and then horrible, terrible, awful things. Oh, I don't know. When Obi-Wan Kenobi took Anakin under his wing. No, no, I'm sorry. Not Obi-Wan. Wait, Obi-Wan was are trying you, to be smart. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> are you comparing Clay Aiken to Anakin Skywalker? I'm comparing. Are you saying Clay, Walk- Clay-, Clay Aiken is one horrible mutilation away from It's kind of close. <laughs> Clay Aiken Skywalker, if you say fast enough. No, no, no. Clay Aiken is Clay Gungeon. Donald Trump Clay Anakin- Clay Clay Gungeon. <laughs> Clay-, Clay Gungeon. Donald Trump is Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if it's said- <laughs> instead of being replaced by robot parts, he gets replaced by hamburger meat, sure. <laughs> yeah. I am the only human who can pad race. <laughs> I did not cheat on pad racing. I don't care what all the people I pod race with say. I don't care how many times I tell them how I cheat. Can I say only on this podcast would Invisible by Clay Aiken lead to a Donald Trump as a Star Wars character yes. tangent? He does look like Sebulba. Yes. Okay, so Clay Aiken is a fantastic human being. We have established that. Good. Now that we have established that as our baseline, we can hear this song. And I'll go back to the beginning and we'll get through some of the lyrics. What you doing tonight? I wish I could be a fly on your wall. Are you really alone? Who's stealing your dreams? Why can't I bring you into my life? So, okay. So, okay. So, so. I don't know, Nick. So where I'm from, when you are a little fly on the wall, mm-hmm. it means you can spy on people without them seeing you. Yeah. Unless they have really good hearing. And then you really piss them off with your wings and eating your own shit and vomiting in your hands. Because that's what flies do. Yes, that is, that is the sum total of their activities. So, uh, but yes, it is a colloquial expression. If I could be a fly on the wall. So... Clay, uh, Clay Aiken or Clay Gunjin, he just really wants to hear what this person he's uh, singing about uh, is saying. Are you really alone? I don't see anybody. See now, now you're you're editorializing. It reads like this: What you doing tonight? I wish I could be a fly in your wall. Are you really alone? <laughs> Wait, that's worse. That makes <laughs> yeah. it sound worse. Are you really alone? Are you really alone? <laughs> Who's stealing your dreams? Me. It's me. <laughs> it's Freddy Krueger. Oh. <laughs> Who's stealing your dreams, bitch? Uh, now, this song, I, people may not realize this song is actually a cover, as I said up the top of the episode. Uh, it was really performed by an Irish boy band called D-Side. Um, there's not much info that I could find. It was, this is one of those, What? You make what? Dick jokes? What? Are you tr- making dick jokes in your head again, no, Mike? No, I'm not making dick jokes. What are you talking about? As Nick and I share a suspicious glance. Um, I'll show you my D-side. That's right, ladies. Mike's dick is so big, you can only view it from the side. Like the moon. Exactly. The D-side of the moon. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, Nick. The other side of the moon is just really veiny. Oh, thank God we can't see it. Uh, Steve, you were saying. <laughs> yeah, there's not much info on them that I could find because they predominantly performed in the UK and Japan and haven't released any new music since 2006. So I feel like it's safe to really just sort of what? When did Clay Aiken get famous? After that. Oh, okay. It's a cover. I think it is a cover. <laughs> For what? For him leaving his bandmates in the dust. He wasn't in that band. Oh, okay. Oh, he was not in this Irish band. No, he was not in the Irish. Did you listen to any of the preamble? I'm I still hung I up on D side. Yeah. I yeah. talked for like 15 minutes. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, I just blacked out for a second. What the <laughs> fuck were you guys talking about? That's you. <laughs> yes, I got that. Thank you. Um, 
It was uh, this song was written uh, by frequent collaborators, Bridges, uh, British, oh Jesus, British songwriter and pianist Chris Braid, Swedish composer Andreas Carlson, and American songwriter Desmond Child, who is known for writing or co-writing hit songs like. I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, whom I saw perform live at WrestleMania this past weekend. Wait, they performed at they, WrestleMania? Well, uh, Ronda Rousey's uh, entrance song is uh, My Generation, so they prefer, they showed up to perform it live. Cool! I didn't oh, know this. snap! <clears throat> um, Aero- so I don't have pay-per-view. Yeah. Aerosmith's Dude's look- Dude Looks Like a Lady, and uh, actually a few more, like Angel, I think, was another one that they did. And also, interestingly, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca. Uh, which Ricky Martin, to me anyway, kind of has, it has a couple of things, I think, similar to Clay Aiken in the sense that they were both, Whoa. they were both musicians that, uh, you know, eventually came out of the closet. The who, Ricky Martin one who, blew my freaking mind, man. Who got famous, uh, not famous, but whose uh, best known songs tend to involve them being really weird about women. <laughs> yeah. Between this and She Bangs, it's kind of... The similarities are spooky. We'll do She Bangs at some point. So I say all of this uh, to prove that it was very obvious that this was quite literally just a song he was told to sing. Yes. Like he had nothing to do with this song itself. This was just a song that was picked for him because those three writers also were involved in other parts of this album. So this was just a song that they had that they asked him to sing. Um, Because this is a song that uh, the Lifestyle website Bro Bible has called the Stalker's Anthem, and we're going to find out why at the chorus. What would it take to make you see that I'm alive? If I was invisible, and I could just watch you in your Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, come again. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love how there's no metaphor mixed in with that. It's just, if I were invisible, I could just watch you in your room. It's not like, I'd see you everywhere you go. Exactly. You know, like, that's not much better, to be no. honest. But and out of your towel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more specific it is, the weirder it is. So just watch it. Like, I, w- I would see you everywhere. I would watch you in your room. If I was invisible, I would just grab you on your boobs. Oh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> I oh, would I'm touch, having a heart attack. <laughs> I would touch you without consent. Clay, this song is just the plot of the movie Hollow Man, starring Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh man, wish I had pulled up some Hollow Man clips now. <laughs> that skin suit he wears is so disturbing. Just imagine that with the song playing in the background. It's a flesh-colored gimp suit. That was the creepiest part of that movie. That was an honestly scary movie. I didn't think you could make me afraid of Kevin Bacon, and they did. So oh, kudos. Oh man! Oh, and then they got to get like the steam, and they hit him with the steam. That's pretty cool. Yes, it was, Mike. This was Steve and Mike review movies. <laughs> Hello, man. It's a movie. It's a movie. Whoa, wait. Whoa. If he was invincible, he'd make her his tonight because she couldn't hurt him because of how invincible he is. Obviously, that's what he's saying. Wait, invincible? Invincible. I thought so he goes from, if I was no. invisible, I'd watch you in your room. If I was invincible, invincible I, I would, would just, just tell you where I stand. Meaning, if I were a stronger person, I would just come right out and tell you how I feel about you. Mm. Or it could mean he is so strong and invulnerable that he can do whatever he wants to people. I am like Thanos. No, wait, you the, lyrics, are mine. the lyrics here are saying it's uh, I was invisible again, but it sounds like he's saying invincible. He's I'm gonna I'm gonna Oh, excuse me. I'm gonna actually uh contest genius lyrics yes. here and say that he is saying invincible. Yeah, I'd make you mine tonight. Because he's not yeah, he's not repeating invisible over and over again. Why would you repeat it twice and then change it up for the third? That one? would make you a SoundCloud rapper. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> You're 15 N-words short of being a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Although this song takes a real left turn in minute two. <laughs> and then he just screams the N-word after that. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn, Clay! <laughs> You're write... from North Carolina. You can't do that. <laughs> I didn't write the song, guys. It's a cover. <laughs> Playing those Irish bastards. <laughs> I'm 
That girl looks scared. She's she like, should be. <laughs> An invisible, she's, she's, invincible, <laughs> horny man is coming for her. She's the only one paying attention to the lyrics. That's why she. Everyone else is like, "Yay, it's Clay Aiken," but she's like, "Wait, what is he saying?" His heart's unbreakable. I, I couldn't even cut him open and do anything. He's invincible and he's invisible. He's omnip- omnipotent and omnipresent. He's in the room with us right now. Oh! Steve! Steve has been choked to death by an unseen force. An unseen force known as Clay Aiken. Humanitarian extraordinaire. Humanitarian Clay. Now, I, I wonder, though, guys, maybe we're grasping at straws here. You know, Are we? Where, uh, <laughs> you where- don't say. But I, I believe I believe it's a little, I think it's a little bit more, uh, even more, like, the next tier level of a, I don't even know. Well, I want to say it's narcissistic. He'd be this. What does being invisible, invincible, and having an unbreakable heart have anything to do with your oh, IQ? Also, he'd be the world's smartest man. Yeah. I like how he's like, I'll be the world's smartest man. And then he's like, wait, no, no. I already am. He's I'm, basic- the, I'm the world's smartest man. No, he's already man. invisible. I think he's saying he's the world's smartest he's man. He's basically describing what would happen if he got all the infinity stones. Invincible, invisible, he'd be the smartest, he could turn back time, he could... If he could turn back time... You can't, can, you can't say that. Like, Clayton snaps his, he snaps his fingers and half the audience who's watching him disappear. <laughs> um, now, I, fir- I personally firmly believe that no one involved in this song, in the writing of it, or the singing of it, or the producing of it, has any negative intentions towards members of the opposite sex. What they are guilty of is a lack of critical assessment and possibly proofreading. I concur. Well, you know it's tough, guys. You know, sometimes... <laughs> it's, tough to, it's tough to really read between the lines the vagaries of perception with this song. It's, it's too bad. Sometimes we get so up in our own head about thoughts and things, and we think something sounds super romantic, and then all of a sudden we realize, holy shit. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm in the back of a police car. <laughs> Saw your face in the crowd. I call out your name. You don't hear a sound. I keep tracing your steps. Each move that you make. I could read what goes through your mind. Wow. So, <laughs> I like that he can make himself invisible. He can make himself invincible. He can make himself hard unbreakable and make himself the smartest man in the world. But for some reason, he goes, that's nah, telepathy? Nah, I can't do it. He's saying if he were those things. He's not saying he is He those said, things. I already am. Invisible. In a metaphorical sense. No, yes. he said he's the smartest man in the world already. No, he 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 is he is in he he has two concepts of invisibility that are butting heads. There's the metaphorical invisible that he feels and that he doesn't seem notice. And he's saying, what if that metaphorical invisibility was literal invisibility, and I could just follow you and stalk you in your room? So, what's the metaphorical telepathy? What have you ever seen the movie What Women Want? And then that new one that just came out, which was the exact inverse. Yeah, What Men Want. I oh, think was it was that? I think I, called I, What Men Want. Or yeah, something. it was called What I Men Want. I didn't see it, but I'm surprised it's longer than ten minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just images of Transformers toys. I yeah. really think women would be disappointed. That's it. <laughs> we, I got a news for you, Mike. Women are already disappointed without needing to read our minds. <laughs> You know, it's, it's just the image of that toy monkey with a symbol just <laughs> banging back and forth and rocking back and forth. You know, I think once they realize they just, you know, they just take us in and mold us into into men. That's that's what it takes. It's like, it's like that. Simpsons. We all have little boy brains until someone molds us into a man. I need a woman to complete me. <laughs> yeah, that's healthy, Mike. That's a real healthy. It's <laughs> real healthy attitude. It's healthier than wanting to stalk someone in their room with invisibility. Yeah, who's got who's got the better uh, the better thing here? I there, get the, <laughs> there's a third option, guys. There's you can do a third thing. This is a high school edge lord poem set to music. I That's the episode, guys. The, uh, Thank you so yeah, much for listening. That's what it is. Make 
any sense. No, it it makes perfect sense, Nick. Obviously, one of these three songwriters had just completed watching Pocahontas. Please repeat what he just said. Wish you could touch me with the colors of your life. Oh. It makes perfect sense to me, Nick. I don't see what your problem is. Guys, if we really analyze this past the metaphor into the reality, right? We will all go mad. I feel like it takes more effort to analyze the metaphor than to analyze, right? That's that's how it no, works. We're trying to manufacture meaning out of meaningless statements. <laughs> wish, uh, wish, f- fucking, what does he say? What, wish are they you French? Could, are they French? Why is wish, you Oh, right, color? Nick's eyes don't work. Sorry. <laughs> wish you could touch me with the colors of your life. I had an eye exam today. Yes, wish you could touch me with the colors of your life. None of those things have any meaning in relation to each other. Oh. It, it does, if you believe. I don't believe. <laughs> Last time I checked, we all we all bled red. I, I, my, my veins pumped with life. Great. What does that have to do uh, with the sure. colors of your life? So red is the color of your life. Wish you could touch me with your blood. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> no. Is this song upsetting you, Nick? <laughs> it's. I feel like you're getting actually upset. <laughs> I'm trying to manufacture meaning out of something that has no meaning that is passed off as having meaning. Uh, Nick, there's, it's just creepy. That's it. This isn't even creepy. You're, it's you're just nonsensical. A- you're Agent Smithing the song. He wants to be invisible because he's obsessed with the girl. Let Mike to, break this down for you, he Nick. He wants to keep watching her all the time, right? He wants to keep watching her, and he wants to keep following her, and he's just like, if she, if she had a stream, and, he'd watch it all the time. And this if is, she was, there's a sorry, you can keep going, but that's an extra layer of nonsense because he is a gay man, so he's not even really obsessed with her. He doesn't know that yet. That oh, he wasn't out of the closet. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but Aha, now you're the bastard. No, but it was still written for him. Like this isn't like no, an it actual, wasn't. It was written for an Irish boy band. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I said it wasn't. Oh, Fucking whatever. Okay. He didn't write this song is what I'm saying. Good God. That's correct. I made that point earlier. You are trying to make me lose my mind. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. Guys. Are we going to make you lose your mind up in here? Up in here? You're going to make me go all out. I think Nick wants us to be invisible right now. (laughs) I want this song to make sense. Even if it's bad and creepy and weird, I want it to make sense. Your wish is my command. It's so upbeat, makes me angry. Uh, actually, it's like upbeat in that adult contemporary way. Nick, this song is actually really depressing. You, um, I gotta correct you on something, Nick. Uh, yes, please. So, so Nick, I feel like you're a little upset because you're like, this song doesn't make sense because Clay Aiken's gay, right? No, that is not wow. what I said. Wow. Wow. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, that is absolutely not. Oh, I, what'd you it say? does not make sense because it says, I want to touch you with the. Colors of your light, life, life. Oh, light would make more sense. Oh, just yes. cut out that. That I thought you said that. I was like, why did you say that? No, <laughs> don't, don't just cut it out. Edit around that. Pull it for the for the for the episode uh, for the for the uh, uh, like a mini so Yeah. No. No. no, no the uh, uh, what do you call the thing you do on Instagram where you do the little uh, oh little clips. the audio yeah. games. Isolate that audio. Editor, which is also Nick, who won't do that because it makes him look bad. So, Nick, you're saying that you hate juice. <laughs> okay. No, I so, never said that. So Not it, too late. So, so, the, so the colors of your Lou life. Lou Dobbs that's, thinks you do now. Is it? Is it that's one, that one line really getting you. That's it. I like that. It's just like, what's what's the color of your life? The fuck you talking about? How do you about? touch someone with light? Light is life. Intent. Life. How do you touch? I with- think that's your problem, Nick. I think you don't know what the word is. Well, we're quoting genius lyrics, and I think he said light. (laughs) Agree to disagree. Well, uh, Nick. Let's let's agree. It doesn't make sense either way. Have you never felt the aura of someone? For the record to listeners, Mike calls uh, boobs aura. And they come in a range of colors, Nick. What's the problem? <laughs> no, uh, to answer technically to... they come in a range of tones. Conversation's getting really weird. No, but Mike, to... have you never been to a body paint party? <laughs> weird. No, I haven't. We are diving into that later. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. But Mike, to answer your question, uh, no, because you you you'd brought up auras. No, I haven't. <laughs> to answer your question, no, I don't hate the gays. <laughs> 
Sounds like debate prep. <laughs> Thank you for putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> really makes it worse when you put the article in front of it. <laughs> the, the gays, a gay. <laughs> Back to the song. If I was I just got why Nick's really frustrated. <laughs> Please enlighten us. <laughs> Nick, third I, time's the charm. I'm I say. so sorry, Nick. I finally get it. What? What is it? Why? Well, He's saying if I was invisible, I would make you mine tonight. He's already invisible, and she'll never be his, or he, or whoever the fuck he sent it to. I think so because once again, there's there's the literal invisibility, and there's the metaphorical invisibility. He's saying I'm invisible already. But if I were invisible, I'd be doing this. But he's not doing that because there's laws. Ha! Ha! Nick, there's laws for non-invisible people. No, there's laws saying you can't just go into someone's room. Nick. And yes, Mike, I can't I, argue I, there I are want, laws for non-invisible people I too. I want you to explain to me how the hell you're going to catch an invisible person. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. We well, gotta Clay Aiken is already invisible. Watch the movie Hollow Man. <laughs> you gotta get a... Every argument we make will come back to watch Hollow Man. You gotta rip out this, this steam pipe in your house and just shoot it all over the place until you get them. And then you gotta get the handcuffs. I mean, it's a process. But you're right. I suppose you could... Perhaps it. some sort of large fan with some flour, maybe. You throw the flour bags of flour into the fan. Possibly. You get Just da- off the top of my head. You get Daredevil to come in. He's got good hearing. You know, my hearing shit. All right, if there's an invisible man, I'm fucked. But, you know, you get Daredevil in there. He could probably hear his footsteps. Just get a blind man to find the ho- the invisible man. There's some metaphor in there as well, I'm sure. serenading a fan right now who is right in front of him staring right at him i think she sees him which goes back to the point where i think you may have articulated i'm gonna try this is certainly not this is certainly not the theme song for john cena (laughs) i'm gonna try to articulate why this frustrates me i think i have it (laughs) good because that's apparently the theme of this episode yes i've tried so many the plot of this episode he is saying the person he is has fallen for the person he likes or loves he's saying that this person doesn't see him because he's invisible like metaphorically invisible he calls right, the name right. out doesn't see this person so he's referring to being metaphorically invisible but right. then the chorus is saying if i was invisible and he starts talking about it in a literal sense he's saying if i were literally invisible he is mixing metaphors but one of the versions of this metaphor involves him being able to see this person, stalk this person wherever they are, and the other one involves him not having any contact with this person because this person doesn't even know he's there. So the song is so confusing because it's two versions of Invisible that are ostensibly the exact opposite of each other that he's referring to in the same song, and it is so confusing. Oh my God, I figured it out. Yeah, fuck you, Nick. Mike just figured it out. Yeah, so did everything I just say, was that bullshit? Nick, we've been thinking about this in the wrong realm. We need to compare it to Hollow Man. Even beyond Hollow Man. I'm ta- that would be a good title for a sequel. Yeah. Beyond Hollow Man. I'm talking... Full Man. Yeah. I'm talking Ghost Man, okay? He's died. He's ready to die. Okay. Well, okay, wait. Has he died or is he ready to die? Those are two very different things. I also just made a very uncomfortable connection to Ghost Dad. Oh, Jesus. You can't talk about that anymore. Who's Ghost Dad? Never Bill. mind. Keep moving on. Moving on. Bill Cosby is Ghost Dad. Oh. No, move on, please. Oh, Get- no. <laughs> no. My, I was going to say the girl or man or whoever he's singing to may have like a Casper fetish, you know? So... He wants to be hers, so he's got to become a ghost. What message boards do you frequent? 
Because don't get me wrong, I do not doubt for a minute that there is some sort of spectral fetish. There is the spectral. But you you specified Casper. Casper, the freaky ghost. (laughs) Seriously. Think about it. He's already invisible. He already is. And she can't hear anything he's saying, but but he's watching. He's watching and he's like, yo, this girl's into, or this this person is into uh, some freaky ghost shit. I'm a ghost. I'm going to make her mine. So, Mike, just to clarify, the song Invisible by Clay Aiken, a.k.a. the cover of this Irish boy band song, is about someone with a Casper fetish. Casper the ghost, who this person wants to fuck, but they can't unless this person who isn't Casper yet dies. So this song is about a suicide pact. So oh, we, no, no, but she needs to be alive, Nick, okay? Because she's got a special... It's, so, it's so not hot that way. <laughs> yes. The way you just described is not hot. That's just sad, okay? It's hot. <laughs> Say it. Say it. Say that it's only hot when one of them's dead. Say it. So we can isolate that audio. I am not saying that. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, may I just point out, I am just grasping at straws for this freaking invisible song. Okay, so we have two <laughs> contrasting yet equally prominent viewpoints. We could go I, either way. I, I stick to my point that that is why this song is so frustrating to me, because it is the same... Especially meta- frustrating. Yeah, yes, I, I am so pent up and horny right now. This song has two... So is everyone in the audience in the music video, apparently. <laughs> This song is using the same metaphor to mean two different things and interchangeably going back and forth between them. And my inner English major is furious. Yeah, I was going to say, it is frustrating Nick's inner English major, and it is frustrating Mike's inner... Uh, uh, libertine, I want to say, is sure. the right word. Yes. It's not illegal to fuck ghosts. That's all I'm saying. You're certainly right there. Moving on to the rest of the song. Nothing without her. Who doesn't even know he exists. That's actually deeply sad. I said, uh, did I not say edgelord poem? Did I not say high school poem made into into a song? But Clay Aiken, as he's performing this, and also just based on how you described him, is so happy and upbeat in this song. Oh, yeah. Whoever put this video together, like, was not trying to conceptualize the song in any way. No. Folks, this is the danger of obsession. When you obsess over celebrities, when you obsess over crushes, and when you obsess over people outside of yourself. Now, I don't, I'm not one to promote narcissism, but Jesus, you'll get a whole lot more done in your life and have purpose and existence if you can respect yourself enough to know that you are something whether or not someone else notices exactly you. independent of someone else, and I agree. You can, I don't think you can treat others well until you treat yourself well. You're nobody till somebody loves you. Basically, the opposite of that. I, Dean Martin can't be wrong. Oh yes, he can. No. If there's nothing we can take away from this, it should be love is nice. Except this freaky kind of love. This is. Yeah, except this freaky kind of love. Not wholesome, solid love like ghost fucking. Not grade A, meat and potatoes, all American ghost fucking. Would there be, Mike, would there be an ectoplasm shot? Of course there's going to be an ectoplasm shot, Nick. What do you think this is? Softcore ghost porn. <laughs> I don't like the invincible part. I don't like it. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the thought of not being able to kill something. <laughs> That's fair. It's really taking away 
It's my God given right to kill something. It's, it's Mike. It's <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, I killed a roach the other day and you thanked me, all right? Don't forget. That's true. It's the uh it's the reason why horror movies are thematically successful. Yes. We all like to imagine the thought of something unkillable, just as long as it's solely in the realm of imagination. Not if Clay Aiken is already in our room. No. Uh but that's it for the um that's it for the rest of the rest of the song is just sort of a rehash of that. I want to end this with a little thought exercise that will get us all into a load of trouble. And I'm going to do this in doing this kind of takeaway, I guess Mike's possible go-to end of the episode Cohen. Oh, What's a, it, it's a Cohen, right? It's K O A N. Isn't that kind of what Mike's doing at the end of every episode? Like I'll, I'll have to take your word on that. Um <clears throat> and it is this. What superpower would you want? Very popular question. People's invisibility, flight, that sort of thing. What superpower would you want? And how would you use it to creep people out? It doesn't have to be sexual. Can I just say that off the top of on the top of this? You can. It might be me- it might be meaningless to say to bring it up. Oh but yes. sure, but I want to cover my bases. But you're you're essentially asking us how would we. You abuse know, Mike, super, Mike, what no. superpower would you want? How would you abuse it? But not only that, but like what m- me, Nick Brigadier, and him, Mike Russell, how we would choose to creep people out. Yes, I want to see. I want to. I want you to basically out yourselves, the most horrible, wretched parts of yourselves. Uh, Mike, you want to go first? Well, so so what's tough is so. Like, oh, okay, okay. I would have the gift of tons, right? And that, which means I could speak to any being in their native language. As if it was general conversation. Okay? Omnilingualism. Omnilingualism. I am the, the communicator. I am beyond doctor. I am master communicator. Okay? And I would throw a party <laughs> with, with, with a being from every possible language. And I would have you guys as guests. <laughs> Nobody would speak English. And I, <laughs> well, Nick and I would speak English. Yeah, except for you guys. We we would do what Nick and I would most likely do if we were at a party together and hedge ourselves off in a corner because everyone else is a stranger. And then the abuse is when I bring people over to introduce you guys. So I would tra- I would I would have to be I would have to be involved in every conversation. So it? it's a Tower of Babel party. Yeah, it could literally be called the Babel on party because everyone's babbling in a different language. Yeah. You could serve like Swedish fish and call them babble fish. God, that would be fucked up. No one would be able to talk to each other except for the people who like spoke multiple. No, languages. perfect. You might. It's it's perfect for you. You'd be able to talk to everyone. They'd have to talk to you. It'd be you and Pete Buttigieg. It's an abuse for attention. Yeah. Okay. That that's how my superpower could be used in an abusive manner. But that is the superpower I would choose. Not what I would do with it. I just want to talk to people. That's how you connect. Okay. Uh, Nick? Me? I'm, pr- I'm fairly modest in what I think I would want to do. Uh, it'd, be the, it'd be to be able to fly, but I wouldn't use it to help anyone or save anyone or do anything like super helpful with it. I would use it to specifically avoid New York City public transit. Now, I'm going to call a bit of a red flag. Why is or that? Or not red flag, sorry. A bit of a yellow flag. I more specifically am looking for you would use it for your personal gain. I'm looking at you using it in a more active way. Like Mike is actively using it to mess with people. You're, you would have to use your power. How would you actively mess with people using your superpower? How would I actively mess with people using the gift of flight? Uh, well, I'm just such a uh, naturally good-hearted person, Steve. This is very difficult for me to think of how I would actively uh, disrupt people. Mike, you had your hand. Mike, do you have three more? Because we could just do you if you want. I just know what Nick could do. I know what Nick could do. (laughs) Do you want to answer for Nick? I'm curious what you think I could do. Nick could take his fancy new camera and fly over to disasters that are happening and get the best angles that he could sell to the news. So you'd be, so you'd be Spider Man, <laughs> a fucked up Spider Man. No, wait, you'd like be su- right- that's Superman. That's what Superman does. <laughs> does he do that too? He's a reporter. He hears bad shit going down, and then he flies to stop it, and then writes ah, the story. But he stops it. 
Oh, okay. Nick doesn't. <laughs> I would literally stop at that. Like they're writing, like "Please save us" and like clothes, and I'm just like filming, like "Oh wow, wow." The ah, uh, it's just great footage. The, yeah, the, great yeah, B-roll. the dynamic range I'm getting. Wow, this is great B-roll. Yes, I would be. I would be a fucking monster. I guess. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> That's Nick, all saying, I wanted to hear. I'm not saying you would do it. I'm saying you could do it. <laughs> I uh, what would you do? Yes, I dude. would. Uh, I would have laser vision, and I would focus it in such a way that I would surreptitiously uh, burn small holes in people's pockets, so their wallets and like keys and stuff fell out of them. Oh my god! You monster! <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's pretty monstrous. It's just. It's just like boring enough. And like small enough to be really annoying, especially since I can't get her. Not only can I not get arrested because I'm not doing it, and maybe I'm destroying private property in a way, but not in like it, not in a felonious way. I'm also not stealing any of it, so it's not a crime in that regard. I'm really just severely inconveniencing a large group of people. Just like I'm inconveniencing those survivors by just flying over them. True. Yours result in death, though. Indirectly. Mine, mine just results in like DMV visits, which I think, in a way, is more soul. Is worse than death. Yeah. I had the least monstrous answer. I think that says a lot about you, too. Oh, actually, I guess I kind of. You, pimped, you pimped me into my answer. Yeah. Also, you kind of wear yours on your sleeve a bit. We ours are deep buried under the snow, really. I got to talk to some people about that. Uh, but I'd say it's all within the realm of Clay Aiken's usage of his invisibility. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, gents. That was invisible, as made famous by Clay Aiken. Yes, as made famous Clay by Aiken. Clay Aiken. Not by, as yes. made famous by. Does, do you know, does he still perform anymore? I know now he has a post-political career and he's still an activist. And Yeah, he doesn't really, I, he, he did what, he did what, and this is, I think is the greatest um, sort of indication of how good, God, I hope nothing like horrible comes out about him in the next year that makes makes us look bad, but... Um, Clay Aiken flies over yeah. wreckage and just films. <laughs> um, would... Uh, I, I think the, the, the thing that really speaks to his character, his personal character the most, is he used fame to do good things and then stopped. Yes. He used a modicum of fame that he had to get himself into various positions to be able to do the most good and then let go of it, which not many people could say the same. You know, you could get, you get into that biz, sort of business and you're like, I got to con- constantly be on top because it's very ego-driven. He went in, wasn't even planning on going in. He just sort of, he was a lark. He went and did the show for because he was suggested to him. He went to a certain point and thought, I, a, I got a platform, I'll use it, and then I'll back off and continue to use that platform. Um, and if he wants to, he doesn't like he can just come out with an album. You just come yeah. out with an album. Huh. People will buy it and make some more money. Use that platform. I like Clay. I mean, I, I'm uh, I think he's a nice dude. If anyone got the wrong impression from, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think you're gonna find anyone who's gonna argue that. Uh, he just maybe needs to reconsider the songwriters he partners with. Yeah, <laughs> Nick, you're scrunching your nose right up at this. Ah, fuck this. <laughs> I haven't seen Nick this mad since Rattlesnake. What was the last one that really got you mad? I'm trying... Oh, oh, what was that? Um, that crunkcore band, um, Broken Side. Yeah, Broken Side. There's, you know, we, we we we've been doing this show for a while. There's, it's it's finally gotten to the point where some of them do blur together. Like like when it was like twenty episodes, the lines blurred. Yes, there's some blurred lines. <laughs> when it was like 20, 30 episodes, I could remember with photographic realism exactly what happened in each one. But now it's just, it's a hodgepodge. It's all, it's, it's all bad. <laughs> no, it's meaningless to me. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, I, I think amongst the terrible human beings we've discussed on this, it is still kind of refreshing. Including ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> As we do talk about ourselves. Uh, it is kind of refreshing to have just a unambiguously as far as i'm concerned decent human being just happened to write or happened to perform <laughs> just a that, really oh that's that really kind of really creepy song <laughs> uh but steve thank you for bringing this i know you'd mentioned the song a while ago yeah uh and it's nice to finally discuss it 
And thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to this, guys. You can uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Song Topsy Report. Uh, you can also check out Dapper Devil Productions to Ooh. see uh, Dairies of Our Lives, the web series that yeah. Mike uh, wrote and directed that myself and Steve starred in. Uh, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier to check out the stuff that I'm posting and Mike Russell. Uh, yeah, you can find me at MrMikeRussell.com. That's my Instagram, MrMR.dot or on the Dabber Devil Productions website, DabberDevilProductions.com. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, send us, you know, reviews and song suggestions for our listener-submitted episodes. And, uh, hey, you know what, Steve, you already took this one. Uh, and if you can't remember, because I have five minutes ago, it is, uh, what your superpower would be and how, how you... How would you abuse it? <laughs> Let us know... Uh, let us know what you would do with absolute power, you monstrous pieces of garbage. That's exactly what we want to refer to our listeners as. And uh, yes, that is it for this week, guys. Wait, you can find me. <laughs> that is it for the night. <laughs> you can find... Nick's really upset. Oh my God, I'm scared over you guys. <laughs> uh, you can find me on my soon-to-be-closed Twitter and Instagram account once <laughs> once all all five of my followers abandoned me. Um at Your Man Trollo and on the Dapper Devil Productions website as well. And SteveTrollinger.com? Sure. <laughs> what the hell? Someday it'll be true. He's just poking. <laughs> I kind of, it, it isn't, but part of me kind of will, kind of wants to finish it, put it up, and still not tell you guys so that you just continue to think that it's, I'm very bad at mar- self marketing. Steve, but... I check it every week, I'll know. <laughs> All right. Well. So it's typing it in right before you get here. <laughs> Nick, come back to bed. I can't. <laughs> I need to find out. Uh, very good to know. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm in love with Clay Aiken now. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Take care. So if you were invisible, would you, like, watch him in his room? Would you make him yours tonight? Only if you were invincible. Oh, yeah, you got to be invincible yeah. for that. Yeah, that's true. I... I probably could do it without being invisible. <laughs> Steve Trollinger of the Song Topsy Report, what are you doing in my room? Watching. <laughs> Just watching. The end. It's a Dapper Devil production, see?